You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. morning, we're blessed to have with us Brother and Sister Wicked and their family. Brother and Sister Wicked have been friends of ours for a good length of time and uh, served on the board together. Uh, different capacities, of course, involved in this district, has pastored in this district before. But now he's a missionary to Fiji and Solomon Islands, and uh, they're good friends of ours, and we love getting together with them and their family. And we're so blessed this morning to have them with us. He did his missions presentation the last time he was here, so he won't be doing that today, but every time he's in this district, I get a chance to bring him here. I'm happy to do that. We're uh, good friends, and, and we stay in contact. So, Brother Wicked, come and minister to us the word of the Lord this morning. Would you welcome him this morning as he ministers God's word? Amen. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Amen. Why don't we give a hand clap of praise to the Lord today? He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It may be cold outside, but I feel the fires of the Holy Ghost in this place today. Amen. I love the presence of the Lord. Amen. There's nothing better. Amen. There's nothing better than being in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Don't matter if you're in Fiji or the Solomon Islands or St. John or wherever. It's the presence of the Lord. Amen. I can feel Him in the atmosphere today. Amen. And so we're so glad to be here. I give honor to your pastor and the leadership team. Amen. It's always an honor to be here. And as he's already said, he has been a, uh, a confidant of mine, a friend of mine, and, uh, and has invested a great deal into uh, our ministries, my wife and I. And so we're always grateful to be able to connect and be a part of uh, what God is doing here in Mission Point and St. John, and, uh, and also I give honor uh, to all those that, that, I, that I may know here today and those that I don't know. Amen. It's good to be around. It's going to be back home a little bit in the New Brunswick Atlantic District. Uh, I tell you, though, when I got up, walked out the door, and it was minus 8 this morning, uh, I really felt a stronger call to Fiji again. The Lord just renewed my calling uh, every, every morning that happens. And... Uh, and so we're grateful for that. I'm grateful for uh, what God is doing there. We just actually, I know I'm not going to do a missions presentation, but I do want to share a couple things with you. I just got back from Fiji uh, just before Christmas. We had our general conference, and while we were back and during that general conference, God filled 193, amen, people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost during our general conference. Amen. Amen. So we are excited and rejoicing. We had 25 notable miracles that took place. Amen. One of the specific ones that I seen, a lady with blind eyes, her eyes were open. Amen. As they prayed the prayer of faith, there was some that came in that couldn't walk in on their own, that walked out on their own accord. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. I always say if you came to tell me that God's not real or God can't do it, you came way too late to do that. Amen. Because God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think of. 
Amen. It's exciting to see what God is doing, not just in Fiji and the Solomon Islands, but all around the world. And the, and the awesome part is we get to be a part of it. Amen. I'm grateful to this church for your missions giving. You have been a, a church that has blessed uh, the world, I was about to say the United Pentecostal Church, but well beyond that, the world, amen, with your faithfulness and your giving, all through all the COVID stuff and all the lockdowns, amen, this church remained faithful, amen, we were in Fiji and the Solomons the whole time, amen, and guess what? We could count on churches like Mission Point being faithful. And you know what? What I feel in this place tonight is a direct, I call it the boomerang effect. Amen. When you send out like that, God sends it back again. Amen. And God brings back what you need, blessings. Amen. And so I'm grateful to be here and say thank you today. Amen. This church, even though you may seem like maybe some, I might have mentioned this the last time I was here, you gave uh, uh, to us while I, I called your pastor. I was in the middle of something and we were mixing cement by hand. And I asked him, I said, we, uh, we have a lot of work to do. Is there any way you could help us with a cement mixer? <laughs> they call it a four barrel. That means you get four barrels of cement out of the mixer. <laughs> I always thought that was like a truck, four barrel carburetor or something. But no, it's a four barrel, but they call it a barrow, four barrel. And uh, I just, I, I, and what it reminded me is I just got a picture of a church we're building in the, in the community of Batiri, which is an Indo-Fijian community where we don't have a church. We don't have a church presence in that area. And uh, we have got, someone donated us some land. We're building a church, and, uh, and it's exciting. But when I looked at the pictures that they sent me last week, when they updated it, I looked, and in the background of the picture, I should have brought it with me this morning, was, a, was a, in the back part of the picture was a yellow, beat up a little bit now, paints off it a little bit because it's a few years old, St. John cement mixer in the back corner. Amen. That's that that they they put it in the back. It's small enough they can fit it in the back of a pickup truck, and they take it up there. They pour the cement, and then it goes on to the next church project and the next church project. Amen. We're right now we have about six church build or seven church build projects that are on the docket for the next coming year. Amen. Or next couple, two years, depending on how long it takes us to get it done. Amen. With all the supply chain issues and all that fun stuff. Amen. But you know what? Your, your church, even though it may seem nobody, we don't splash that up at general conference, but guess what? It's a small thing, amen, in, in the whole grand scheme. But this church has invested, and you are in the DNA, the foundation of multiple churches all over the United Pentecostal Church of Fiji. And so I thank you for that today. Don't want to ever take that for granted. Amen. We're where I, I, I do have just a couple PowerPoints. I need I, I, I have a word this morning, but I just want to share this real quickly with you. Uh, one, of the, one, the, one of the projects we're working on right now, and I was going through the archives, and I, I couldn't find anywhere in the United Pentecostal Church where Brother Dudley, C.B. Dudley, for those that don't know who C.B. Dudley is, he was a great revivalist in the Atlantic District that planted, I believe it was something like 12 or 15 churches all up and down the Miramichi and was, uh, I, I bet you it, it, we probably have some people here in this building that was prayed through to the Holy Ghost, amen, by Brother Dudley. And so I was in the Solomon Islands, and the Solomon Islands reminds me of 
the Miramichi in the old days, kind of like the Wild West. You know, it's a, just a, it's an infant work. We have about 25 churches right now in, in the Solomons, and uh, we're building our headquarters church, or rebuilding our headquarters church there in the Solomon Islands. And I thought, Lord, I, I was praying about it, and the Lord brought Brother, Brother Dudley to my mind. And I thought, you know what? Let's go. It just reminded me of the early days of Pentecost there. So I said, we're going we're gonna to build the C.B. Dudley Memorial Headquarters building to represent. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm sharing this in this area of the world because this is where he's from. Amen. If you'll go to the next uh, picture real quick, this is our compound uh, here in the Solomon Islands. You can see uh, from, the, from the far right, there's a, our, our, our temporary Bible school building, and then there's a, a small residence there, and then where you see to the left, that's the, the beginnings of, of our uh, building there. Pray for us. We're, we're trying to get a little more land there, so pray that God will open up the door that we can do that. If you'll go to the next slide, uh, this is Pastor Eddie Marvin. He's our missions director in the Solomon Islands. This is a group of people, that's a pastor, uh, I forgot his name right off the top of my head, but he is a denominal pastor that he just baptized in the name of Jesus, that's his wife, and those are some of his congregants, amen, he, we have just baptized now his entire church in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, and so we are rejoicing about that, if you go to the next slide, Amen. Uh, this is uh, Pastor. Uh, this is some of the, some more of them being baptized. This is some more of that uh, gentleman's church members being baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, go to the next slide, real quick. Uh, now, this is a blurry picture, but this is another denominal pastor, Brother Peter. That's him and his wife. Amen. He was uh, was witnessed to by Brother Eddie on the same trip was baptized in Jesus' name. God filled him with the Holy Ghost, him and his wife. I got a call a couple or an email a couple weeks ago from uh, my uh, missions director and my general secretary, and they said, Pastor Peter wants, said he wants to apply for license with the United Pentecostal Church now. And, he, and I said, well, why right now? And he said, well, he just called and said they just baptized the last one in their church that needed to be baptized, and they received the Holy Ghost. And so now the whole church has been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. This is their church right here. Amen. This is the second one. When he was on his way home from discipling and installing Brother Peter, he stopped at another denominal church, baptized that pastor after a Bible study and his wife and four of their congregants, and he's on his way back back up there, amen, this month or next month, amen, to disciple them. I'm here to tell you, revival's not something that's coming. Revival is something that's already here. Hallelujah. Amen. And so as the, as the church, you know, it's not just growing two or three at a time. It's growing two or three churches at a time. Amen. We have several other more contacts. Amen. And so I'm excited to get back there to be able to begin discipling and, and, and teaching. Amen. But we are building an infrastructure to be able to lead the, the Solomon Islands into the next uh, phase of revival that is coming. I'm excited about what God is doing in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Amen. If you go to the next slide, 
Amen. This is just the little drawing of the building that 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 we are that we are putting up. Amen. It's very simple. It's not extravagant. Amen. But in Fiji and the Solomon Islands, all our materials either comes from China, Australia, New Zealand, or America, and so nothing is made there, and so everything is is very costly. Amen. But we're just determined to do it because the kingdom of God is that important today. And so I wanted to share that with you this morning. I believe there's maybe one more slide there. Amen. These people are so hungry for a move of the Holy Ghost. This is at one of our conferences. Amen. God filled, I believe, about 50 people with the Holy Ghost during this conference right now. Amen. Pray for us because I'm trying to get your pastor to come preach general conference over there next year. Or actually, it's this year, if we can get it worked out. Amen. But we're believing God for continued Great revival in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Amen. And I think, is there more? Is that the last one? I looked at it last night and forgot. Amen. But I think that is it. Amen. But we're excited about what God is doing. Amen. I only mention this to give you an opportunity. Your pastor said it was okay for me to ask if you wanted to be a part of that. Amen. I'm sure they'll give you information to do that. But if the Lord moves up, I don't want anybody to give at a guilt, okay? Don't give at a guilt. Amen. Give because God speaks to your heart. Amen. Because if God speaks to you to give, amen, then God will make a way where there is no way. Amen. Time and time and time again, amen, God's presence and God's blessings have been proved over and over and over again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Before I get in the word, I just okay. I just want my wife to come and testify real quick. She's shaking her head no, and I was shaking my head yes. Because I, uh, everybody loves my wife. I always say this, people, people love my wife and tolerate me. That's how our ministry works. Amen. So I have to bring the sweet to go with the sour here. Amen. Well, it is wonderful to be here. That is just a little bit of Fijian for we are so blessed to be here today. God is so good. We are so humbled and honored to be a part of it. And you know what? It's because of you folks that we can do what God has called us to do. If it wasn't without you, we, we couldn't go anywhere. But you know what? Because of you, God has allowed us to be a part of it. And it's so humbling. We were singing, and just the presence of God was so strong today. And I was, it took me back. We were in the highlands of Fiji, and we were just in this tiny little church up in the middle of absolutely nowhere. But the presence of God was so strong. And I just sat there just weeping, and I'm thinking, God, who am I? Who am I? that you have called. But you know what? God has a plan and a call for each one of your lives. You know, it is the best thing that you can do to step into that. But God is calling you today. It may not be across the world to Fiji, but you know what? Down your street, down your to your neighbor, wherever God is calling you, step into that because it is, it is the most rewarding thing. And to be in his presence is the best thing in the world. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's exciting to be a part of what God is doing. I always say if God's calling you to do something, you better go and do it. Amen. Because I'd rather be in, the, uh, in the, the will of God in a third world country than be out of the will of God in a first world country. Amen. But if, God, uh, if you don't feel called to go, then feel called to give. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And so we're grateful today. Amen. Amen. I want to turn in the word of the Lord today. Uh, I wrestled with this message for a, quite a while, but I've learned a long time ago to just do what God tells you to do. Amen. So I want to turn 
and the word of the Lord to, and, and I apologize, media team, because I didn't tell them before, amen, but to Acts, the 12th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading at the very first verse. And I would ask you to just stand, if you wouldn't mind, for the reading of the word of the Lord, amen, this may be the last time the blood gets to your toes for a little while, so I want, I want to give you one more opportunity to uh, uh, get get comfortable or get blood flowing so you don't get too comfortable. Maybe that's the, uh, the word I'm looking for. It says in verse 12, or verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it, pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quatrains of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the, night, the, the same night Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. Amen. Amen. I want to preach a little while this morning on this simple subject. Amen. An angel called revival. Amen. An angel called revival. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you for your power that I feel in this place today. Lord, amen, you moved upon me to preach this message. So, Lord, I pray that you would move in my stead right now. Lord, let your anointing destroy any yoke that would hinder the moving and flowing of your spirit. Let your will be done. Let your purpose be accomplished. And, Lord God, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everyone said amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. In the very first part of the scripture, Herod, the king, it says, stretched forth his hand to vex the church. Amen. In other words, opposition came, trial came, obstacles came. Amen. He began to move against the church. Uh, I, I have found in my ministry that when obstacles come and trials come and situations arise, I used to withdraw. I used to step back. I used to kind of get a little anxious or nervous. But over time and seasons of life, I have come to the realization that obstacles don't mean bad. Sometimes it means good. Amen. Sometimes God's positioning us or placing us, amen, to be used in a mighty way. Amen. I have determined I was in a prayer meeting, and I might have mentioned this before. I was in a prayer meeting during the pandemic. We were on lockdown, and I was in my prayer area, in my prayer room, and I was praying, and I was speaking in tongues, and the Holy Ghost was moving, and man, I was feeling I was on fire, and I, and I've got, uh, I was just kind of winding down, finding in my runway, so to speak. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, how do you like that? And I said, well, what do you mean, Lord? He said, but you, when you can't get out, I can still get in. Hallelujah. 
Amen. I feel like somebody needs to hear that tonight or this morning. When you can't get out, God can still get in. Amen. It don't matter what you're going through. It don't matter the trials and the tribulations. Amen. God can still get to where you are. Are. Amen. Just like when G came walking on the water. Amen. They couldn't get to where he was, but Jesus in that midnight hour, that early morning hour, said, I can still get to where you are. Amen. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, amen, that God knows exactly where you are, that God knows exactly what you're going through. Amen. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. Sometimes we go through valleys. Sometimes we go through hardships. Amen. But in the midst of it all, God's placing us. Amen. Where he wants us to be. God's putting us in a position to accomplish his will and his purpose. So I quit getting discouraged when tough times come. Amen. I have determined that when the storms arise, I'm about to see God in a different magnitude than I've ever seen him before. Hallelujah. The children, the, the disciples, I, I know I'm way off my notes right now. Amen. But the disciples, when, when, they were, when they were in the first storm, amen, Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And they, and, and they woke him up and they said, Lord, do you not care that we die? We're going to die. And he stood up and said, peace be still. And they marveled, saying, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? You know what? That they, they, they began in. They had to go through that storm to realize the great magnitude of the God that was in the boat with them. Amen. So there's times when the boat's going to rock and the boat's going to roll. But the reality is, if God's in the boat, amen, there's no tsunami big enough to take down that ship that day. I'm here to tell you that he that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. There's nothing too big for my God to do. There's, I believe that God, there's, there's nothing impossible for God. Amen. I shook hands with a lady a little while ago that she had died. Amen. She was dead for quite some time. But they found her and they brought her to church in Fiji. Amen. They laid her uh, on the prayer bench in the church. Amen. And after worship didn't stop, but worship kept going for about 10 or 15 more minutes. And in the midst of that service, in the midst of that worship, the pastor went down and took her by the hand and just simply prayed in the name of Jesus and when he did he took her by the hand and he began to pull her up and when he did she went <gasps> she took a great breath and you know what I just met her a little while ago and she's still breathing she's a ladies minister in the church I'm here to tell you that there's nothing too big for my God to do hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. No one has to tell her that God's real. Amen. But she went through a great storm. But in the midst of the storm, God made a way where there was no way. Amen. In the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of the pandemic, amen, Brother Tui, I 
can't remember if I told these stories or not here. If I did, I'm going to tell it again. Amen. But in the middle of the pandemic, Brother Tui, our central district superintendent, was in his prayer time. And the Lord spoke to him. And he said, go down to the hospital. And there's a man from your village who he didn't know, but he had heard that he was in the hospital. He's in the, the hospital. And, and, and uh, I want you to go down and pray for him. Amen. For the sake of time, I'll rush through the story. But he didn't really want to go. He said, God, they're not going to let me in. They're not going to allow me into the ICU where he is. It's in the height of the pandemic. And, and, and God said, I didn't ask you. I said I told you to go. And so he went to the he went to the to the place, to the hospital. He 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 kind of was nervously walking up to where the military had the barricade that prevented people from going in and going out. And he he just didn't say anything. He was just walking up and he was said I was praying under my breath. He said and all of a sudden I heard a voice. And the voice was of a young man and he was I looked up and he was in his military garb and he had his weaponry and all that stuff. And he spoke to me and he said, praise the Lord, Brother Tui. Brother Tui said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, go on in. So Brother Tui said, I just went in. He said, Pastor, I've never seen that man before or since. I don't know who that guy was. I said, I know who he was. He was a God place guy. Hey man, God makes a way. The storms of life, in the middle of a pandemic, God said, I'm still operating. <laughs> I'm still working. And I, I, I know that there's some may come in here today and you're going through stuff. And, and, and 2022 is over and we're starting 2023. And for some reason, we just think that all the problems are going to stay in 2022. Let me tell you, some are going to follow you into 2023. But guess what? God's with you too. Amen, Brother Two. He made his way to the ICU, and and I always say this because ICU nurses are mean. Uh, my my wife's an ICU nurse. Hey, when I come home, I come home one time when she when when she was working. Now she's she's graduated. She's now a homeschool teacher in Fiji and a missionary boy. And, and but she, I came home one day. She or I, she came home. She had just done a twelve-hour shift, and I was homesick that day from work. And she came in, and I was my nose was running. I was a little fevered, and and, and, and probably, and I was just like, "Honey, I'm, I'm I'm sick." And she's like, she looked at me, and she said, "Are you breathing on your own?" And I said, "Well, well, yeah." So she said, take a Tylenol, go to bed, you'll be fine. <laughs> and so Brother Tui finds his way into the ICU, and the ICU nurse is there, and I understand the apprehension because she's mean probably. And he said she didn't even look up. She just kept doing her paperwork, and she says, you got two minutes. So he went in, and he found the guy. There was five people, five or six people in the ICU on respirators at that time, he went in and he took him by the hand and he prayed. Nothing happened. So Brother Tui said, I got thinking, Lord, you got me in the gate. You got me by the desk. You got me into this place where now I'm not even supposed to be, but you found a way to get me in. 
God, you've got to be wanting to do something. And so he said, I forgot for a minute where I was. And I just had him by the hand still. And he said, I just got praying. I got talking to God. I said, God, you're a healing God. God, you said you could do it. And he said, and I didn't realize it. He said, but I was flopping the guy's hand. I, was, I just had the guy's hand. You know, how, you know how Pentecostal preachers get preaching and dove, you know, they get the hand going, you know. And he said, I was praying. I was praying. And I was, then I said, God, you can heal him. Lord, you can do it. And I'm praying. I got my eyes closed. I almost forgot where I was for a minute. And he said, I felt something grab my arm, and I looked up, and he was sitting right there. He said he was so freaked out. I was so freaked out. He said he started pulling that tube out with his own hand, and all of a sudden, bells and beepers and dingers were going off. And he didn't, uh, and he said, Brother Two, he said, I didn't even realize. I was so excited about what God had just done that I just shouted, Hallelujah! And he said, when I said that, he said, the guy in the bed beside him sat up as well. He said, I was shouting. I said, praise God. I got really excited. He said, and the guy on the other side of him sat up. He said, by this time, there was three guys pulling their tubes out. There was so many bells and dingers going off that the ICU nurse came in and said, I don't know who you are, but get out of here. Tell you what, don't matter where you are, God makes a way. You say, well, what's it matter? I'll tell you why. Because the next morning we picked him up at the church, at the hospital, brought him to the headquarters, gave him a Bible study, baptized him in Jesus' name, and he came up out of the tank speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I'm here to tell you that there's nothing too big for my God to do. There's nothing impossible for God to do. And so in the middle of adversity, I don't care what kind of heritage you've got coming your way. There's nothing that God can't do. Amen. If God before you, who can be against you? Amen. It's not about might. It's not about power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Woo. And so that's why when we get going down through it, amen, I'm here to tell you don't get discouraged. Don't get depressed. Don't let anxiety overwhelm you. You need to have a greater a greater feeling of expectation than you've ever had before because in those seasons of life, God's about to show up. God's about to make himself real. Amen. I know you might have had a rough 2022, but I'm here to tell you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God did it before, he can do it again. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Hallelujah. But we need to be careful. That we don't miss what God is doing. Because sometimes our circumstances can change how we see things. Because Jesus was about to reveal himself to his disciples in an even greater way. When he was left them alone in the boat. And I've already referenced it and he came walking on the water. He was about to, he put him in and let him go into another storm. So that they could see him in an even greater magnitude than ever before. The scripture says that when they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. Thought he was like Long John Silver or Captain Hook or something, coming back from the deep to get them. You study that, that's what they, that's what they thought. He was a ghost coming to get them. 
But what was amazing about this is I looked at that and I said, man, that's amazing. These men who knew Jesus intimately, intimately, allowed their circumstances to change how they saw God. These men of faith didn't recognize, oh, I love it. These great men of faith didn't recognize Jesus in the midst of their circumstances. In the midst of their trial, in the midst of their tribulation, in the midst of the obstacles that they were facing, they didn't recognize him. And Jesus, and, I, and, I, and the Lord spoke to me about that. I said, Lord, well, how do I do this? How do I, how, do, how do I not let that happen to me? And the Lord said, I told you how when I showed you how I revealed myself to them. You know what he said? Jesus said, it is I. Be of good cheer. You see, the one thing that will keep your focus in the midst of obstacles is to stay tuned to the voice of God. It's not time to slumber. It's not time to sleep. It's time to listen like we've never listened before. It's time to reach like we've never reached before. Jesus said, Jesus said in the midst of the storm, be of good cheer. Amen. Another translation said, he said, it's me. Rejoice about it. Amen. You know what? It's time to rejoice. Amen. That's what I love. When I remember when in, in Summerside, Sister Mildred MacArthur, amen, I watched her as cancer had racked her body. Amen. And, and God had healed her one time and cancer had come back again and she was, she was uh, in, in church, but I'll I'll tell you this, in the midst of that, she was the first person worshiping. She was the first person standing, amen, when the music started. She was the first person to the altar. She said, Pastor, if I have to stand up sometimes in church, amen, don't feel bad. It's just I got no padding anymore. I'm so bony, amen, that my backside hurts. So sometimes I just got to stand up, amen. I said, Sister Mildred, you stand up any time that you want. Now, I'll tell you this, she kept looking for God in the midst of it. And I was feeling bad for her as pastor. I was, you know, a pastor's heart. I was praying for her to be healed again. And she spoke to me one morning. She's a spitfire. And so she said to me, Brother Carter, one morning, she said, I was, I, I was feeling bad for her. and God hadn't healed her. And she looked at me and she said, Pastor! And I'm not exaggerating on how she said that. She said, don't you feel sorry for me. I said, what do you mean, Sister Miller? I'm your pastor. I can't help it. She said, don't do it. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, I believe God's going to heal me. And he said, she said, when he does, I'm going to dance back and forth across the front of this congregation like I've never danced before. She said, but if he doesn't, she said, I'm still going to be dancing, but it'll be on streets of gold. So she said, don't you feel sorry for me. She said, I'm not going to stop worshiping down here. He, she said, because if I don't keep going down here, I'm going to miss what God's got for me up there. And I want you to know God did take her home, but I was in her hospital room when she went on to be with the Lord. And the whole time that before her last breath was breathed, she was talking in tongues. <laughs> Amen. She was worshiping the Lord. I'm here to tell you today that God, you keep an eye out. God shows up. God God will make a way where there is no way. We just got to listen for his voice.
I'm here to tell you, God's going to show up. God show. Some of you don't even know God's already here. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching right now. Amen. God's already here. Amen. God's been walking with you and God's been ministering and God's been making a way where there is no way. Amen. But you've been so distracted by your circumstances that you've missed the fact that God is walking into your situation. I'm here to tell somebody, get your head out of the boat. Get your head out of the boat. Amen. Begin to see God. Where are a challenge sometimes the challenge sometimes is Lord I just want to go to sleep I just want to relax I just want to take you know and just kind of take a step back and I was taken to Acts chapter 12 and it's a very unique scripture because it's really one of the last prominent places that the Apostle Peter ever shows up in Scripture as far as the narrative of the New Testament church. At the end of this Scripture, at the end of chapter 12, we begin to see Paul and Barnabas begin to come to a place where they start to become the leaders that, that are called to the Gentile church. But the reality was Peter was really the one called to the Gentile church. He was the one that had the vision on the rooftop with all the unclean animals. Cornelius' men showed up at his door. He had a direction and a word. He went to Cornelius' house. The Holy Ghost was poured out in Cornelius' house. The door to the Gentile church, the door to us was opened at that time. This great man of God, the man who stood on Acts chapter 2 and preached and proclaimed, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you today, if you're here this morning, that message is as real this morning as it was all those years ago. Amen. We were in the middle of a pandemic. We couldn't gather together, but we had some outdoor services. And in the middle of one of those services, we had the church was worshiping and praising God. And one of the ladies come running out of the house talking in tongues. And she found one of our, our missions guys that were walking through the village and said, I don't know what's happened to me. She said, but every time I start to sing, I begin to speak in another language. Can you tell me what this is? Our director said, lady, you're not the first and you're not the last. Amen. But this is that. Amen. You were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you, people are still getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I just got a report that I believe Fiji this past year in one in one avenue of microevangelism, we have now baptized over 2,000 people this year in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, people are still getting baptized. People are still getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Today's the day. Hey, man, if you haven't got the Holy Ghost, today's your day. 
It doesn't matter where you come from. I remember one girl, she was one of the security guards in one of our conferences. And all these 71 people got the Holy Ghost during service. And they were getting baptized. I went by the headquarters at 1130 at night. They were still baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, God makes a way where there is no way. And in the midst of all that. She said, I want, the whole, I want to be baptized as well, but I don't get off till midnight. We said, there'll be somebody waiting for you at midnight. They showed up. She showed up. They taught her a Bible study. They baptized her in Jesus' name, and she came up out of the tank speaking in other tongues. You know what? She recognized that that day was her day. I'm not, she said, I, I don't care how late I got to wait. I want to have the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you that the angel of God is going to show up. The angel of revival is going to show up. But Pete, Pete, don't fall asleep. Pete, I know we preach that scripture all the time. And we celebrate that he was resting in the promises of God. That's a bunch of baloney. He wasn't resting in the promises of God. He was just tired and went to sleep. Amen. He got weary and went to to sleep. Amen. He wasn't expecting God to show up. He wasn't expecting the angel of revival to show up. Amen. He went to sleep. The scripture tells us, oh Lord, I got to hurry right now. Amen. But the scripture tells us that the angel, after he smote him on the side, sometimes God got to give us a crack, doesn't he? Doesn't, you know, sometimes when we say we want to get woke up, we want to get woke up like a mom wakes up her little baby, you know. Hey, wake up. God said, hey, Bubba, I showed up. You didn't show up. Let me, let me just, I know my time's getting away, but just, just real quick, let, let me just say this. The scripture says, I believe, this is just my personal feeling, I believe that the angel of the Lord was going to leave. He showed up. I don't have time to do all my theatrics on this. He showed up. The scripture says an angel of the Lord came upon him. And a light shone round about him. He's in the middle of a prison that is a long ways away from prisons we got today. There's no electricity. There's no light. He's in the inner part of the prison. He couldn't have saw his hand in front of his face if he was going like this. Couldn't have done it. And you know and I know that if you're in bed and someone comes in the room and flicks the light on, well, you know, we kind of are in our, 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 you know, our grumbling. Nobody's in a good mood when that happens. But the scripture says that, and I'm thinking that an angelic light is a lot brighter than than LED lights. I, I'm just guessing. And the angel says, the angel shone, and Peter still didn't wake up. And I believe, because the scripture says in Mark chapter 6, when Jesus was walking on the water, it says in Mark, I, he would have passed them by if they hadn't cried out. And so Pete was snoring so bad that the angel couldn't wake him up. The angel's light wouldn't wake him up. 
But the scripture says in the chapter verse before that prayer was made for the church by the church unceasingly for him. The prayer of the church woke that moved upon God to the time, place where he moved and said to that angel, go back and wake him up again. Amen. Go back and wake him up. And the scripture says that he smote him. Amen. Sometimes God's got to smite us a little bit. Sometimes God's got to position us a little bit. And Peter awakened. Amen. And Peter woke up. And then uh, I got to hurry. But he said three things to him. I kind of feel like Jeff Arnold. Just give me five more minutes here. The scripture says that he said, arise. You know what? Can you guys throw that on the screen? It might make me go faster. You watch how fast I get it up there now. Chapter 12 and verse number 7. Acts 12, verse number 7 says, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. The light shone. Peter smote his side. And then he said this. It says, and raised him up, saying, arise quickly. I love this because he didn't ask him to do something that he wasn't willing to help him do. He said, arise quickly. But the whole time he told him, he was lifting him up. Isn't that like God? He doesn't ask you to do anything that he's not going to be willing to help you out with. Amen. When you're down and you can't get up, God says, arise. And you're saying, I can't. He says, if you'll make a step, if you'll try to get up, he said, I'll lift you up. Amen. I need someone to hear me tonight. God wants to lift you up. And the chains fell off. Oh, I love it. And the chains fell off from his hands. Because when God lifts you up, everything falls off to the side. When God lifts you up, he doesn't just lift you up and you're bound. God lifts you up and delivers you. There's a delivering power of God. Well, I still believe in the liberating power of God. I remember when I grew up in Chatham all those years ago. Amen. There was a guy named Leo that came to church and him and his wife were addicted to drugs and uh, crack cocaine, heroin. They were Drug de druggies of druggies. And I saw him that night when God moved upon him and the Holy Ghost touched him and filled him and his wife with the Holy Ghost. My Lord, my dad didn't know what to do in Chatham back in those days. He comes up and he takes his drugs and he puts it on the altar. He puts his crack pipe on the altar. There was a spoon type thing on the altar. There was a needle on the altar. If the police showed up right then, we probably got arrested for having drugs in the, in the premises. Amen. But I, from that day on, I don't know where he is today, but during the season that I knew him, they didn't have withdrawal symptoms. You remember that, Brother Richie. They didn't have withdrawal symptoms. They didn't go through detox. They left that church that day and never had a response. There's power in the presence of God. When he lifts you up, there's things that begin to fall off you. As we stand together and the music comes back, i got to find a place. But this is my problem with Pete. They prayed. The church prayed. Pete shows up at the church and the church rejoices. But the problem was everybody in the prison died. Because in chapter 12, Herod comes looking for him and says he sought him. In verse number 19, 
And it says, and he found him not. And it's claimed the keepers that commanded that they should be put to death. So everybody that old Pete had been around in the in the all the soldiers, all the people he had come in contact with, they didn't make it. Brother Carter, sometimes I think we miss it because it's not about the church rejoicing. Because sometimes we can get excited and forget about the people that just passed in the prison because we fell asleep. The scripture says Peter was so asleep, the angel had to say, gird thyself, bind thy sandals. And then he said, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. You know, that's interesting. The angel said, Pete, you can't follow me until you got your belt on, until you got your shoes on, until you got your coat on. He said, it's going to be a very difficult journey, Pete. Because you see, Pete, I'll tell you what. If you know you got company coming to your house, you don't go in, or somebody's coming, you're about to go somewhere, you don't go in the house, take your belt off take your shoes off, take your coat off and hunker down, no if somebody's coming, you leave that stuff on, Pete never expected God to show up God said, I have the angel of revival I was sending to you and you slept you didn't have your belt on you didn't have your shoes on you didn't have your coat, if you'd allow me to spiritualize it this morning if you're going to follow God, you want the will of God to be done in your life you got to be like Pete. you got to have the belt. What did Paul call the belt? He called it the buckler of truth. The belt of truth. That's why you want to thank God for a pastor that preaches truth. Because sometimes we have a tendency to want to loosen the belt up a little bit. And if we do, we can miss the moving of the angel of revival. He said his feet shod. You know that Paul talks about that too. He says your feet shod with the gospel of peace. You gotta have the gospel. You need to have the death, the burial, the resurrection. You need to get filled. You need to repent every day. You need to have God wash you and cleanse you every day. You need to get filled with the Holy Ghost every day. You need a little bit of God every day. And then he said, Cast thy robe upon. If I can spiritualize that, he said, Put your coat on, your robe of righteousness. It's not my robe, mine's as filthy rags, but I serve a God. I don't want to miss, hear me church, I don't want to miss the angel of revival. Because in chapter 16, just four chapters later, and I know you've been standing, but just real quickly, let me just say, Paul and Silas are in prison again. And the scripture says it was the midnight hour. And they were tired and beaten and weary and they were wanting to go to sleep. But if I could fill in a little narrative in here, if you'd allow me from the Troy Wicked commentaries. In the midst of all that, Paul said, Silas, don't you go to sleep. Silas says, why, Paul? I'm beaten. I'm weary. I'm tired. I just want to go to sleep. But Paul says, I was talking to Pete the other day, and he showed me his side, and there was a big old huge bruise. He said, because an angel showed up when he was in prison, and he was sleeping And he said, I don't want to miss that angel if he shows up for us. So Paul, how do I stay awake? How do I stay vibrant? Paul said, 
Paul said, let's pray and sing praises unto God. He said, let's rejoice. Let's praise God. Let's worship God. And the scripture says, the scripture says when they begin to do that, it says the, the foundations of their prison were shaken. Now, now, now if you'll allow me, I'm just going to use my commentary here a little bit. I believe that this time the angel, Brother Carter, didn't make it all the way to the cell. He just got to the foundation and he heard what he was looking for. He didn't have to go and wake somebody up. There was no light that needed to shine. There was somebody who was already looking for God to show up. I know I preach long. I'm sorry. Blame it on Fiji. But let me just say this. I want you to notice the parallels. Both men were in prison. One slept and only his cell was open. But the scripture, I don't have time to to read it all, but go read chapter 16 of Acts. When Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise and God shook the foundations, every cell in that prison was open. Not just one cell, every cell. And the scripture says that everybody's chains fell off. Amen. When you're connected and watching for God, He's going to open up doors that you never thought possible. It's not just you getting out. It's just not you getting liberated. But it's everybody that you come in contact with. I feel like God told me in 2023, God's releasing the angel of revival into the lives of people in this Mission Point Church. He said, I want to do unprecedented, unprecedented miracles and moves of God. And you just tell them, don't sleep. Don't sleep. And I'll end right here. It says there was a Philippian jailer that when he saw all the doors open, he went to kill himself because he had expected, he had expected that that was going to be the end of his, that was just the way it was. But God had a man of God that was awake. And he's, you see, he began to speak to him. Don't do it. You see, when you're awake, you got a voice that you can speak into the lives of somebody. Don't do it. God's got something for you. And when Pete's prison experience, everybody got killed. But in Paul's prison experience, everybody got filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I'm here to tell you that the angel of revival. When I came into this place, God said, if you'll speak this message, you'll walk in there not alone, but you'll walk there. I'll send my angel of revival with you. Amen. I'll send my angelic force with you. That's going to minister. That's going to touch. I believe this morning that God wants to minister in somebody's life right now. That if you need the Holy Ghost, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. If you have repented and you have asked God for the Holy Ghost and you have faith to receive, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you need healing, there's healing in this place right now. 
Hallelujah. Amen. We need to quit coming to church and slumbering on seats. But we need to say, God, I want your spirit to move. Why do I worship like I worship on Sunday? Because I'm expecting the angel of revival to show up like he's never showed up before. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for this wonderful group of people that have been so patient today. Lord, I pray that your spirit would overshadow right now, that your anointing would overshadow. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, let your Holy Ghost flow. Lord, let your anointing minister. Destroy any yoke. Let there be liberty and freedom in this place right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. This altar is open. Is there anybody with an expecting spirit that says, God, I want your will to be done right now. I want your purpose to be accomplished right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.